0: This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with a hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Uh, it's just C tonight. Uh, Tony is unavailable to record, but I had something I really wanted to get out there. So I'm going to present it myself. So. If you like it that's great um we were i feel like we're a politically divided country i don't think i'm saying anything you don't know already but we're very divided like there be, there was a time in this country where a registered republican could see themselves voting for a democrat and a democrat could see themselves voting for a republican in certain circumstances now, i'm not saying across the board you're never going to start neither group is going to vote straight party for the opposite party that's that's ridiculous um Because you'd be that part of that party if you agreed with everybody they put up. But there was a time in this country where that could happen. There was a time when having a D or an R next to your name didn't classify you as a bad human being. And I think if we're all honest with ourselves, if you are on the opposite of whoever you're speaking against, if you're an R, you don't like the D, and if you're a D, you don't not like the R. Unfortunately, that's where we find ourselves today. And I think part of this is running up to the silly season of uh, presidential elections where everybody tries to separate themselves from the pack. So the Democratic Party, as I said in the last episode, is probably going to have a lot of the same uh, large number of uh, participants for the 2020 election like the Republicans did for the 2016 election and all trying to go after a group of voters they think will get them to the finish line you know, cannibalism, things like that. I don't know that that's, it's it's not going to function the same way simply because the mainstream media is going to characterize each of these Democrats as how they want them to finish, whereas Republicans is all demonizing every Republican. It didn't matter which one you were. They didn't like any of you. And they promoted Donald Trump in the primaries because they didn't think he had a shot of winning and they wanted to put him out as the Republican standard bearer and he ended up winning. That was Totally not what they expected to happen. They expected him to be clowned, and he put his foot in his mouth numerous times and continues to do so. So they feel like they were justified in that and got all all the other people out that might have been an actual threat to Hillary. Um, Going into this 2020 season, we've got a lot of people positioning themselves as ultra-left. Elizabeth Warren wants a 2% tax on people over $50 million of wealth and 3% if you're over a billion. Uh, AOC wants a 70% tax bracket. Ilhan Omar came out this week. She wants a 90% tax bracket. Uh, Bernie Sanders wants at least a 77% tax bracket. They all want to take and take and take and take and give to somebody else for some other program that they think is appropriate for your money. And I've said (laughs) forever, it's your money. You should decide how it is spent. Outside of the general welfare, which is a very nebulous clause, everything else is pretty well spelled out. Common defense, um, transportation, which is not necessarily constitutional, but kind of got in there anyway, certainly under Lincoln and in through Eisenhower. But this common good thing, it's in the eye of the beholder, is it not? I mean, what I like for the common good isn't necessarily what somebody next door to me may like for the common good. So it's 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 not part of the constitution necessarily but it is there you know it's in the preamble and we talk about it like it's a defined thing so i said all that because i'm i'm finding it very very hard as a christian to embrace the democratic mainstream now what, what we used to call the democratic mainstream was the center. Um, Some people have argued this week that AOC is the center of the democratic party and that other people are not. Maybe Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer, who you would never consider (laughs) centrist, but by comparison, maybe they are. And that, that scares me if that's the reality. I don't think any party should go to an extreme on either direction, regardless what your personal feelings are. From a, from a governing standpoint, extremes don't really work well for, for everybody involved. And at the end of the day, when you have a president and you have a Congress and you have judges, they're all there to work towards the goals for all of us, not just their particular party. Now, you may have been elected on a certain mindset and a certain campaign promises to get certain things done because the group that chose you wants those things to happen. But it shouldn't always be at the detriment of those around you. You know, it's not, I I can only win if you lose. I don't know if that's the best philosophy to have. Certainly not as a Christian. I win, so you lose. I, no, I don't think that has to be the case. It, I can I can do some. You can do some. And and sometimes we rail against these um, members of Congress who try to come to some consensus. Because, like, well, you can't really come to a consensus. Well, you could at one time. There was a chance. Now, it's not all throughout our history, but there's been times when you could have a consensus. You could have at least people coming together and saying, OK, I'm giving something up. You're giving something up. Um, uh, Senator Scott just wrote something about, you know, Republicans have to give on the, on the wall and uh, Democrats have to give. that so we both agree we want to protect our borders. Now, how do we do that? And neither side really wants that. I want the wall. I don't want the wall. It's a little too rigid to uh, govern effectively. But all of this comes to a head this week. And we're talking about, um, the governor of Virginia, Ralph Northam, and he's under fire currently because of a picture in his yearbook, his medical school yearbook, I might add, not his high school yearbook. So we'll go back to the Kavanaugh hearings where judge Kavanaugh's, uh, Yearbook was really dissected ad nauseum, specifically by the Democratic uh, senators, but in the general press about what was said here, what was said there. Um, the, governor Northam is getting some of that treatment, but not nearly the vitriol that Kavanaugh got. Uh, and he's a governor, not a Supreme Court justice, so it's a state-specific versus a national impact. But it's still still out there. Uh, in, in this, in these pictures. Uh, he talks about there's a lot of old drunks and not a lot of old doctors. So I think I'll have another beer. Three of the pictures in this spread have him holding a can of beer, but there's one picture in particular that's troubling and it should be troubling. There's a picture of two people, one in blackface, complete costume, blackface looks like a plantation era, uh, mid 19th century costume. And another person dressed in a Ku Klux Klan hood and robe. Now, You can't really tell from the picture and the the scans we've seen which one is Governor Northam, but either way, not a good look for a governor. Now, he happens to be a Democratic governor, and even the Democrats are saying he should resign. Now, I don't know what the lieutenant governor's politics are, and I don't know if it functions the same way as other states where it could be from a different party or lieutenant governor or if it's the same party, but the reality is I don't think he should resign for that picture. Now it's reprehensible. It should never have been done. This is 1984. It wasn't, it wasn't 1924 and even then it wouldn't have been okay, but it, it would have been socially acceptable at the time. I don't know his heart. I don't know what he is today from that perspective. I do know he had an apology. So let me play his apology and see if you like what he said.
1: That photo and the racist and offensive attitudes it represents does not reflect that person I am today or the way that I have conducted myself as a soldier, a doctor, and a public servant. I am deeply sorry. I cannot change the decisions I made, nor can I undo the harm my behavior caused then and today. But I accept responsibility for my past actions, and I'm ready to do the hard work of regaining your trust.
0: So that was he He was a soldier. He was he was a practicing pediatric physician, a pediatrician. Uh, for that alone, he's apologized. And I'm willing to accept that that was 1984 when he was 22, 23 years old. And maybe that wasn't who he is, who he is today. OK, so I don't think he should have to resign solely based on that picture. And if that's all the evidence you show me i'm I'm willing to say if he's asked for forgiveness, God knows his heart, and I don't, and I can't judge that but and there's a big one here: I can ask him to resign for based on what he did earlier in the week, okay, not nineteen eighty four this week on a radio program in Virginia, this is what he said
1: involved wow. um. There are, you know, when we talk about third trimester uh, abortions, these are done uh, with the consent uh, of, obviously, the, the mother, with the consent uh, of the physicians, more than one physician, by the way. Um, and it's done in cases where there may be severe deformities. There may be a, a, a fetus that's non-viable. So in this particular example, uh, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired, and then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So, so I think this was really blown out of proportion. Uh, but again, we want the government not to be involved in these types of decisions. We want the decision to be made by uh, the the mothers and their providers, and and this is why. Julie, that legislators, most of whom are men, by the way, shouldn't be telling a woman what she should and shouldn't be doing with her body.
0: Let that sink in for a second. Let that whole narrative sink in. In the state of Virginia currently, it requires three physicians to terminate a pregnancy in the third trimester. If you're not familiar with trimester, three month period. First trimester, three months, six months, nine months, the end. So in a third trimester in the state of Virginia, the law is three physicians must agree that the uh, the pregnancy should be terminated. There's a bill in the House in Virginia by uh, Representative Tran, co-authored by another woman who claims she didn't read it and didn't know what it was about, but still co-authored it, or co-sponsored it, sorry, not co-authored it, co-sponsored it, uh, wanting to limit that to one physician, so down from three to one, okay, still physicians. 1 versus 3. And this is why he the governor was on the radio broadcast to talk about this proposed change to the law. If you listened very closely, he talked about you know viable pregnancies versus viable fetus versus you know developmental disabled disabilities things like that about a baby being born in the OR or the delivery room delivering the baby resuscitating if the mother and the doctor decide to do that and then deciding what to do with the child okay so for decades we've been told abortions are rare infrequent they wouldn't happen on a regular basis that that was limited to early on in the pregnancy now we're talking about you've carried the baby to term you're delivering the baby you've gone into labor or you've actually delivered the baby. And then we discuss what to do with the baby after they've come out. Now, even Hillary Clinton as recently as 2016 said, once the baby's born, if you kill the baby, it's murder prior to being delivered. It's an abortion. Now I decried it. Then Tony decried it. Then it wasn't valuable insight at that point, but at least she said it's, murder after they leave the womb. Governor Northam, who, who is, who's a PR person said he didn't really mean that. He's talking about infanticide. He's talking about killing children. Okay. Now maybe it's infrequent. Maybe it's rare. Maybe it really won't happen that often. Okay. But as some of my counterparts have said, well, you can't be a one issue person. I can be this one issue person. I can say killing children is not a good thing. Okay? I don't care if they've got developmental disabilities. You've delivered them and now you're talking about maybe we're going to end their life today because they just the mother and the doctor have decided it's not viable. What is the definition of viable? Nobody will tell you that because it's a judgment call. You're not there and men shouldn't make that decision. Only the doctor who could be a man and the woman should make that decision. Who's speaking for the kid who's in every other legal case you would talk about. The child would would be represented by the state. But in this instance, the state is deciding whether or not to kill this child based on determination of one doctor and one mother. Now, That should horrify you. If it doesn't, there's something wrong with you. That should horrify you. Okay? Regardless of where you stand on the abortion debate, the child's been born, and there's talk of maybe ending the life of that child just because it's not a viable pregnancy, which, again, could be defined as, I don't really want the baby. Or, you know, I thought I did. Now I don't. Chuck it out back. That's what we're talking about. But we're euphemisms. Oh, well, it's a viable pregnancy, it's a fetus. No no sir, once it's delivered, nobody can claim it's just a fetus. It's a human being. It's a baby which you are charged with taking care of. You know, a mother who dumps her her newborn in a dumpster can be charged with murder. But a doctor and a mother who decide I just don't want to keep this baby in the state of Virginia, that's the that's the direction. Yeah, I don't want it. It's not murder because the state says it's okay. You know, I don't know how long after the birth they have to decide, but it shouldn't matter. Now, I believe life is sacred, and I believe that a fetus in in, in gestation is still a human being, whether it's been uh, when it's come out of the womb or whether it's still in the womb. That's still a, That's still a human being, and you can't convince me otherwise. So to those who say... If you voted for Donald Trump, you were a one-issue guy, whether you wanted a Supreme Court justice, whether you wanted an anti-abortion, you wanted to turn over uh, Obamacare, whatever. But at what point do the, does the confluence of all these things come together and say, you know what? This is what we're represented by the Democrat Party. So remember what I said earlier. He's being, this governor is being asked to resign by the Democrats for the picture from 1984, not for this horrendous statement of infanticide. That is the democratic party of today. It may not be the democratic party of yesterday. It may not even be the democratic party of 2016, but it's the democratic party of today who believes that is okay. And we're not going to condemn you as a governor for making those statements because, well, you let the woman decide. So it's okay because the woman was allowed to decide. I'm sorry. Uh, if a male or female should have nothing to do whether or not you think that's right or wrong, it's wrong. It's wrong. Period. And as a society, how do we sit back and say, ah, oh, you know, the woman gets should get to choose. The woman should choose the pro choice movement should be horrified by this. Yet they aren't. Think about that. They aren't horrified. They have not come out in arms and said, don't do this. This is too far. You've pushed it too far. No, you're not hearing that. He's being asked to resign because of a picture taken in 1984 that may be one. He may be one of the two gentlemen in the picture. May may not even be. May just be on his page. I don't know. But the reality is, this is what we're dealing with. This is what you're expected to fight against. So you don't have to be a one-issue person. You don't have to be. You can be a multiple-issue person and a voter for Donald Trump. Not because you like Donald Trump as a person, not because you think he's upstanding and a a pillar of the community from a moral certainty. But this is what you're getting on the other side. Okay, I challenge both parties to put up people of high moral character. Please put up somebody of high moral character that I can feel comfortable saying as a Christian, I can vote for that person because I didn't. As a Christian, I have a hard time with Donald Trump. As a Christian, I had a hard time with Hillary Clinton. But you didn't give me any choice. So the choice was to vote for somebody I didn't want versus somebody I really didn't want or not vote at all. And I feel like we have to participate in the government of our, where we live, and that required me to vote for somebody. Sadly, you know, I got the lesser of two evils in this respect now political you know from a political standpoint i I like a lot of what donald trump is doing from a personal standpoint i don't like hardly anything of what donald trump is doing or has done or may do in the future or how he tweets or how he's very bombastic and uh boorish I, i don't like any of that behavior in my president but he's the president and if hillary had been the president become president i'd still have to support her as the president and still not like her policies or her personality uh but you have to decide for yourself. And I'm not trying to tell you what to do, obviously. We give you information let you decide. Let you be smarter tomorrow at work over the water cooler. This is reprehensible. And this man should resign for those statements. If that's what he believes, he should resign immediately. He should never be in charge of anything where that law could get into, into uh, the books. It, never, ever, ever should this man be in charge of anything if that's what he believes. OK, now, if his heart hasn't changed, you can say 1984, he he's addressed in blackface or dressed as a Ku Klux Klan member. We're not sure which. And he says, I'm, I'm sorry, I should not have done that It was bad moral behavior. It was decades ago. I shouldn't be held accountable today. I can accept that. But in light of what he said this week, combined with that, you got to wonder, did he change or is he just blown with the political wind? I don't know. I thought everybody should hear that. I thought everybody needed to hear that and why the resignation should occur, but it shouldn't be for the reason necessarily you think. It should desperately be for the reason uh, he articulated in his own words. Okay? So that's all I've got. I wanted everybody to hear that. It's a short one tonight. But think about that when you're out there talking. Be knowledgeable when you're talking and understand it's one issue and another issue and another issue and another issue. It's your money, okay? You should be able to decide how it's used. You have a moral certainty that this is wrong what this governor is purporting. Stand up and say that. It's wrong. I don't care who proposed it. If it would have been a Republican, I'd say the same thing. You should not be in charge of anything. It happens to be a Democrat, but it wouldn't matter what their political party. We need to come to consensus on things, and we need to stand up and say what's morally right is morally right. I'll, I'll take a line from AOC. You need to be morally correct. She's not, but you need to be. And that's the problem. We aren't, and we're sliding down that slope. We're sliding down that slope of whatever, if this is okay, then what what is okay later? It only gets worse. It doesn't get better if you slide down that slope. So that's all I have tonight. Thank you for joining us, folks. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Tree Production.